Hello, and welcome to the Whiteboard Basketball Podcast, the place to go for analysis of last week's Magic Games and insight on the future of the franchise from the perspective of real fans. I'm Cole, and on the phone from Philly is Ian, and let's jump right into it. Hello, Magic fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Whiteboard Basketball Podcast. We come to you here on a Monday night after a pretty tough Magic loss as they fall to uh, one and three here against the Milwaukee Bucks. Pretty nice performance, uh, all things considered, from the Magic when you consider the injuries. Aaron Gordon's still not back. And, you know, it was just too much for the Milwaukee Bucks. Ian, I'm going to hand it off to you for your analysis of today's game. Yeah, I mean, look, I think we played 44 solid minutes of basketball, maybe 45. Um, it, it the the thing that killed us was really just those first three minutes of the fourth four, first three or four minutes of the fourth quarter. Really, um, you know they came out on I think it was a nineteen to two run. I could be wrong, but I mean we we were down like three going into the going into the 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 fourth and just came out and I mean we just could not make an open shot. We couldn't buy a bucket for three minutes or four minutes. Um, and it got bad. I mean, that's when we got down by like 20. Um, and then from there, turned it right back around, brought it back down to single digits. And then, um, it just, it kind of just teetered off after that. Um, but look, I thought it was an all around solid game. Uh, Gary Clark, uh, you and I talked about this before we came on. Gary's really starting to impress me. Uh, as, as a guy, I mean, even James Ennis is, I think, more so on the defensive end. But, I mean, look, <laughs> neither of those guys are going to do a great job stopping Giannis, and they've they've held their own in the series. You know, um, you know, looking back, game one was awesome, great win. Uh, game two, I mean, we shot like 11% in the first half or something crazy like that. I mean, it was something stupid low. And, you know, if you, if you look at... If you look at um, that game, if we had shot the same percentage in the first half as we did in the second, we would have won or at least been competitive, right? Game three on Saturday was just a complete blowout. And then um, today, I mean, I think we would have, I don't want to say we would have won, but we would have been at least competitive right till the very end um, had had we um you know, not had four minutes of scoreless basketball. Um, so that's my analysis of the game and of the series. Cole, what do you think? I mean, who's been standing out to you? I know, I know we talked a little bit earlier about, uh, you know, Markel and, and, and these, you know, some of these guys who, uh, we all know him, but some of these other guys, you know, like, like James Ennis, who, um, you know, we really didn't know coming into the bubble. Um, and the world didn't know coming into the bubble. Uh, so, I don't know, what do you think what stood out to you both in the game and in the series? Well, I think to me, you know, I don't think a lot of people gave us a shot against the Milwaukee Bucks. I know a lot of people were saying Bucks in three, even in the best of seven series. And, uh, you know, to be honest, I was almost right there with them. You know, I didn't think we had a very good chance. But I just, to me, what I'm going to take away from this series is uh, – the coaching job from Steve Clifford and his staff was really incredible. And then to me, it was 
the box score not necessarily being reflective of the overall game. You know, you go right. back and you look at the scores in some of these games, and it's really a huge surprise because I think anybody who watched Saturday's game against the Bucks would say, we got absolutely blown the fuck out, and it was absolutely awful. It was a disgrace. You could have turned it off after the first quarter. You wouldn't have missed anything. You know, the final score of that game, 121 to 107. In this game, it was tight all the way up until the final three to four minutes. You know, we played great basketball. I think early in the fourth, we were down 19, and then we cut it to nine um, with about five minutes to go. It was really uh, a, a good run there from the Magic, and then we end up losing 121 to 106. So we lose by one more point in this game four than we did in game three, but the games couldn't have been any different than how they were actually played, you know? So I think some people who may have not watched the games may have taken away, um, may have reached some incorrect conclusions. You know, this Orlando Magic team, this is a real NBA basketball team. You know, they really showed up, well, not necessarily in games two and three, but, you know, in games one and four, they really had a lot of fight. You know, we came out there, we had an incredible game plan from Coach Clifford. You know, to me, you look at what the Milwaukee Bucks are giving you on defense, you know they're going to give you a lot of open threes. That's what they do. You know, that's what they're known for is they give up a lot of open threes, but they give up absolutely nothing at the rim. And so you look at Nick Vooch, your big seven-foot center, he's getting up ten threes in this game. You know, six of ten. I wouldn't be surprised if that's a career high in three-point attempts from Nick Vooch. You know, to me, that screams Coach Clifford has adapted the game plan to our opponent, and it's giving us a shot to win these games. You know, we go out there and steal game one, largely on the back of Nick Vooch, scoring in the interior and shooting it from three. And he's really been the only bright spot of this series so far, besides maybe a slight very far away twinkle of a star in Gary Clark, you know, uh, to me, as I was telling Ian earlier, I, I think the coaching job from Steve Clifford was incredible for Gary Clark. You know, this is a guy who barely plays during the regular season. Couldn't have picked him out of the lineup to save my life. You know, no idea who this guy is. He comes in today. What do we need from him? Be a three and D wing, play some defense, shoot threes. What does he do today? He only gets up eight shots, all eight of them three-pointers. You know, absolutely incredible. He's not trying to do too much. He's not dribbling the ball up the floor. He's not doing anything crazy. You know, this is a guy, second year in the league, not exactly a quality vet. You know, this is just some dude that we picked up, you know? And here he is playing smart NBA basketball starting in the playoffs. You know, and that is all on the coaching staff and Cle Steve Clifford's staff, you know, getting Gary Clark ready to play. You know, James Ennis is some dude we got for like a second round pick, you know? I mean, incredible player. And I mean, you know, not necessarily the best game today, but has been really having an impact throughout the whole series. And to be honest, a lot of guys stepped up big time for us in this series, and to me, it just all goes back to the coaching. And that's what that's what I'm going to take away from it is the coaching, the job Steve Clifford's done. You know, I think looking forward into the future, you've got to 
you've got to think the future is going to be bright as long as you've got a Steve Clifford leading the way. You know, to be able to get a performance like this from Gary Clark to unlock Nick Vooch, you know, a guy who got absolutely shut down last year in the playoffs. To me, the future is pretty bright. I'm proud of our guys for going out there and battling. And, uh, you know, hats off to Milwaukee. They're the better team. They're probably going to pull us out in five. They're not going to mess around. But, um, you know, you can't blame our guys. You know, they, they showed up to play. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I, I agree with everything you said there. The one thing I think I'm going to add is, you know, I, I think Markel, I think Markel Fultz is, has also been a bright spot in this series. Um, look, the kid's a rookie, you know, and, and you hit the rookie wall and you, I mean, what, what he did today, I mean, he played really well. Right. And, and sure. Eric Bledsoe was was able to to mess with him a little bit, and Eric Bledsoe was able to kind of shut him down, get him off his game. Bledsoe did some good things on on Fultz, uh, but I mean, like, I'm serious. It it just Mark Markell has done what I think. Um, I mean, I I, I think Markell has just done a great job. Uh, in this series, and and I think that, you know, I mean, we are kind of betting the farm on this kid, and that's fine. Um, that's not exactly what I would like to see. I would like to see a little bit more. Um, you know, I w- I would like to see us. We we need another piece. I mean that that is definitely well known. I think, um, that we need another piece. But uh, look, I mean, for right now, I think everything's going well, and and I'm I'm happy with the team. Um, we'll see, but uh, um, you know, I think Fultz is a, is going to be a huge part of this team moving forward, and I do like the team. I mean, they're still young. We'll talk about Jonathan Isaac a little bit in the off season, but um, you know, if they keep, uh, you know, if we keep Aaron Gordon's off season, um. You know, we'll just continue to grow, hopefully. I and I really hope he's back for Game Five. Like I, I, I mean, we could lose by a hundred. I don't care. Um, I hope he's back for Game Five. Yeah, it would be nice to see the guys back. You know, get another uh, another playoff game under his belt going into yeah. next year. But you know, we're gonna have to see, and we'll be able to talk more about this. You know, once the series is officially over. So I think for now we're gonna go ahead and transition into getting into some of the other series, see where our picks have uh, lined up and, and what we've got wrong so far. So we're going to go ahead and, and go in the same order. We'll go with, uh, well, we'll go ahead and start with the magic. You know, I think we both, I, I think I had us getting swept. I think you had us in five, right? Or losing in five. Uh, I think I had us losing in five. Yes. Yeah. So it looks like you're going to win that one. And, um, you know, it's uh, it's unfortunate, but we got into it, so we'll go ahead and, and go back to the same order. We'll go uh, Lakers and, and Blazers. We both had Lakers in six. It's uh, 2-1 Lakers. They're playing again tonight. I think they're going to get this done in six, just like I said. You know, just like I said, basically, LeBron's going to come out. He's going to cruise in the game one like he always does. They're going to lose the first game like they always do. 
people are going to freak the hell out. You know, everybody has a total meltdown. Oh, my God, the Lakers are going to lose. And here they come, storming right back to a 2-1 lead. And uh, to me, I think they're going to pull it out in six. I think you're going to see potentially a uh, a 3-1 series going into game five where Damian Lillard goes absolutely nuts to cut it to 3-2, and then the Lakers uh, finish him off in game six. That's going to be my prediction. Yeah, I uh, I agree with that. I think six, maybe... I'm going to be really curious to see what happens tonight because I could see this going five. Um, I could see the the Lakers Lakers doing the douchebag sweep. Um, but, um, yeah, I just... It's either... I mean, I, I'm, I'm sticking with six. I'm going on to the Rockets. They, uh, they freaking blew the game again today. I thought Russell Westbrook would be back a little bit sooner than this, but um, he's not. So it's 2-2. They, uh, they blew it earlier today. James Harden, a nice performance from him, but uh, didn't get to watch that game. So we know from the Magic that uh, the box score doesn't necessarily tell us. Sometimes he can be absolutely horrible at the end of games. So, I mean, I think Rockets in six... I don't know. I think I'm going to take Rockets in seven. I, I just, they haven't gotten it together. I haven't even heard a peep about Russell Westbrook coming back. So they're going to need James Harden to bring him home. I mean, 35 points, you know, is a big time performance from anyone, but the guys that they have on this team, they need 40 from James Harden. You know, they need 40 from James Harden to win and they need him to take like 20 free throw attempts. You know, they need him right. to be peak James Harden, you know, just, to the point of absurdity where he needs to get to the line five times every quarter and, you know, be scoring eight points, you know, 10 points every quarter to give them a chance to win. So I think it's going to go seven now. Um, I don't know, Ian, what do you think? I think it's going to go seven as well. Um, but but I, I'm changing my pick. I mean, I, 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 I think I could see OKC winning this. Um They've got the momentum. Look, I, Dort, okay, I had no idea who Dort was until the other night. I really like him. Like, I really, really like him. Um, obviously, Gildas Alexander is great. Um, I, I, I think the difference here, mm, well, I was going to say that, but but not really. I mean, the ben- I think the benches are, are, are more or less tied. Right. Neither bench is super, super deep. Um, and at the end of the day, I mean, I, 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 I do trust Chris Paul to run this. And I don't know. It, it, it hurts. I wouldn't say it hurts, but it's, uh, I don't know. I'm going OKC. I'm going OKC in seven. That's bold. I think in this one, what's really helping OKC, you know, in a lot of series, Billy Donovan, not the greatest uh, NBA head coach, you know, not known for his adjustments. Uh But I think the thing is, is that Houston, they're so shallow that Mike D'Antoni can't really draw up, you know, anything new. You know, it's all on James Harden. So they've found something with Lou Dort that works and, you know, probably just by accident. And, uh, if Mike D'Antoni can can figure that out, if he can make one adjustment, I just don't think that Billy Donovan is going to be able to make the in-game adjustment to um, be able to counteract that. So I, I think 
I'm trusting Mike D'Antoni to find a way to free up James Harden. Whatever they have to do, I don't know what it is. But I think that that's going to give him the edge in one of these games. And then I think they split the next two. So to me, that's where I see Rockets in seven. But, you know, Chris Paul, great player as well. It could go either way. Um, and we both got this Denver series wrong. So I'm going to go ahead and, and let you uh, start that one off. Yeah, what what did we have on the Denver series? I can't even remember. I think we I both... A, I had Denver in five. I think you agreed with me. Right. But I don't remember. Okay. Um, let's see. Hang on. I need to see something here. Okay. Yeah, so... Yeah, this is tough. Um, this is really tough. I was not expecting Denver to come out and be down three games to one. Um, look, you have, first, I, I mean, I, I'm now changing it to Jazz in 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 six. Um, I think Nuggets are going to come out tomorrow with just sheer desperation, um, to to say the least. But look, I mean, I think um, you know, I think that this is. Um, uh, hats off to the Jazz. I mean, they've, they've played really well. Um, Quinn Snyder has made the right adjustments throughout the series. Hats off to the Jazz. Um, you know, and Nuggets will get there. I, I have no doubt. I, I have complete faith in, in the Nuggets and in um, uh, Mike Malone and in, you know, uh, their guys. Michael Porter Jr. I think looks really good in this series. So, I think they're fine. I I just can't believe that that I was this wrong, or that we were this wrong, um, in uh, in, in in this. But um, you know, two good teams and Donovan Mitchell's just looked incredible. Yeah, I mean, to me, I was really surprised. I thought Mike Connolly was going to be out for a little bit longer. And, uh, you know, this is kind of the thing with these teams out here on the West Coast. Me waking up at 4.30 in the morning, I don't necessarily have the time uh, to sleep and also watch West Coast basketball. And to Uh me, I was thinking of um, Donovan Mitchell as kind of of, uh, rookie year Donovan Mitchell, you know. But he's absolutely taken the leap to the next level, you know. I mean, he's become a real superstar having his second 50-point game in the playoffs, joining only Michael Jordan and Allen Iverson as the only other two players to score 50 points twice in the same playoffs. He's done it in the same playoff series in four games. I mean, this guy is a serious superstar, and, and I just didn't know. You know, I hadn't really had the chance to see him play all season and I'm sorry I didn't because the guy has been a joy to watch out there. I mean, he's he's just putting on an absolute show. And yep. to me, Quinn Snyder has thoroughly outcoached Mike Malone. I mean, he's drawing up. Uh, he's making all the right adjustments out there. They're getting uh, the plays that they need. They're putting the ball in Donovan Mitchell's hands and letting him go to work. You know, I mean, even Mike Conley, you know, he's come out of his slumber. He's playing well out there. So to me, I think this thing's over in five. I mean, Mike Malone hasn't really done anything so far and found himself down 3-1. To me, I I just, I'm going to put the trust in uh, Donovan Mitchell to bring him home on this one. Um, 
I don't know what you think. I know you think they might steal another one, but to me, I don't. I don't see them winning another game. They just got absolutely killed here in three straight. Yeah, I mean, that's why. I mean, I'm saying six, but I'm not going to be surprised if it's only five. I'm not going to be surprised if they come out tomorrow and and, and don't win it. Um, I mean, it's it's tough, and I I agree with you. I mean, Mike Malone has just gotten completely out coached. Um, something that is uh, a bit of an issue. Uh, you know, I think he's a good coach. Don't get, don't get me wrong, but um, Snyder's just better at the adjustments, at least right now. And uh, that's, that's where I'm at on that. Yeah, and then uh, jumping into, well, I'll go ahead and let you start off uh, Clippers Mavs. I still think it's I look. I I, I still think it's gonna be Clippers. Um, I can't remember if I originally said uh, Clippers. Yeah, we, both in... had him, uh, we both had them in five, so we both blew that one big time. Okay. Um, I mean, I got them in seven. I got Clips in seven here. Same for me, yeah. And that's just the, it's the same thing. You know, it's the same exact thing. I have not had the chance to watch Luka Doncic this year. I mean, I know he's great. You know, you look at the numbers, and he's been incredible, but... You know, there's just something about being clutch. I mean, I don't really think that that's like a real thing, you know, but sometimes people just make it real, you know, and he really has. He's been absolutely unbelievable this playoffs with uh, no Porzingis out there. He goes out there and absolutely puts the team on his back and drags him to a win. I mean, this is a LeBron James type performance from Luka, and it's really beyond anything we've really seen LeBron James do in terms of the box score. Um He's absolutely an incredible player, and we'll we'll get into this next week um, about how I almost became a Dallas Mavericks fan when we we get your um, your friend who's a Mavericks fan on the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, you can't help but be a little bit jealous of this guy Luka Doncic. What an incredible player! And uh, I've seen a couple of uh, you know Paul George calling himself Playoff P. People are calling him Pandemic P out there. <laughs> Pretty funny. So uh, I, I've I've still got Clippers in seven, but uh, man, I would not be sad to see the Mavericks pull this thing off. That would be incredible. Yeah, I mean, I I would like to see them pull it off. I just don't think they're going to. Uh, I mean, and and here's the thing. I mean, I um. Clippers are my are my championship pick this year. Um, now, I mean, they haven't looked great in this series. Um, but then again, you've had, you know, Paul George, who says after last night's loss, quote, you know, looking back, if I had scored more points, this series might be different. Well, like, no shit, Sherlock. Um, but, uh, look, I mean, you know, I... I I think it comes down to I think it comes right down to it, right? It's 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 real simple. Um you know, from top to bottom, the Clippers are in my opinion the best team in the league. Um and they've got the best coaching staff in the league. Um now it becomes a question of can you execute? And and I think they can. Um but I, I would love to see the I would love to see the Mavs, um, you know, 
pull this out. And I can't wait for the, all the success that the Mavs are going to have. They're a great team with a great owner. Um, incredibly intelligent uh, you know, basketball minds over there. Um, so, looking forward to it. But uh, this year, this year I'm all about the Clippers. I, I, am, I am a Clippers fan for the remainder of the season. Um, so, hope they can pull it out. All right, moving on to Pacers Heat. This one, I will say, I thought they would give them five. I think it's about to be over here. I think they're about to get themselves swept out of the playoffs tonight. Miami is up uh, here in the fourth quarter. They are uh, they're up eighty to seventy one with eight minutes to go in the fourth. Eighty two seventy one. Pretty ugly game. Looks like uh, I wasn't watching it because we're recording. Jimmy Butler, only 18 minutes so far, so not sure what's up with him. Six points, only taking five shots. He could be injured, but it looks like uh, Bam Adebayo with 14 boards and Goran Dragic, 16 points, um, really carrying the Miami Heat. Also, their defense, of course, obviously. Um, yeah, I mean, the Pacers, they really miss DeMontis Sabonis. They miss him big time, and... Uh, Coach Spo, I mean, just killing Nate McMillan in terms of coaching. You know, I think that's one thing that going into the next round, the coaching advantage turned out to be pretty big here in the bubble. You know, I think you get the edge on coaching and the Pacers, you know, it it hasn't been looking that great for them. So um, I I think they're about to get swept here. I don't know, Ian, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. Um and you had the Pacers in this series, so what what have you seen that, uh, you know, what went wrong here for the Pacers? Well, I think one, it was Sabonis. I mean, I you know, I thought that I thought that they would be able to make it up uh, without him. Clearly, I was wrong. Um, I, 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 I don't... I mean, Butler's looked phenomenal. Gordon Drogic has looked incredible, and that's something that I was not really expecting. Um... The the defense is I mean we, we know Coach Spo is is great on defense. I just thought Nate McMillan was gonna come out with a little bit of a better game plan and I thought he was a better adjustments kind of coach. Um so when when I think about coaches, right, and I came up with this this weekend over a few beers, so I think it's you know, some some um rock solid logic here. Um when I grade coaches, I grade them in four areas. Uh X's and O's, adjustments, schemes, and player development, right? In, in no particular order in, in that. I just listed those out. And, you know, I, I, I thought that Nate was a much better adjustments guy than he turned out – than he's been in this series. Um, so I think that went wrong. And, and then, of course, I mean, I thought they were going to – I thought they could pick up the slack from Sabonis and they just they just didn't um so I think that's what hurt there all right and then we jump into the Boston Celtics and the 76ers I think I had Boston in five I think you had them in six I really I thought that it would uh Joel Embiid would be enough to get him one game yeah but I think I did mention the Joel Embiid meltdown potential and uh you know, really miscalculated that one because it was just a total meltdown by the whole team. Absolutely awful. They looked horrible out there. They're going to clean house. They need to fire everybody. I mean, they're talking about leaving Elton Brand in charge there. 
They need to absolutely fire everyone from, you know, you know the uh, the guys selling popcorn all the way up the <laughs> chain. Clean house. Get these guys out of here. They need to get somebody who knows what they're doing. That was some of the worst basketball I've ever seen from the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, just awful. I don't know if you have anything to add, Ian. Uh, I, I just disgusting play there from the 76ers. No, I mean, look, I, I think I think the 76ers have a, have a much bigger problem than Brett Brown. And, and, and by the way, we saw that he was let go today. Um, look, I mean, I, again, I think they have a much bigger problem. Right. Um, is Brett Brown a good coach? Honestly, I don't know. Um, because when I look at the 76ers, I just think the whole team construction is flawed anyway. And this is why in the NBA, we did this for a while and now we've kind of separated it back out. But I believe that the coach and the president of basketball operations should be the same part, should be the same person. Or let me put that another way. Maybe they shouldn't be, but if you're going to make a personnel decision, you have the coach in the room, right? Um, you know, and, and you have them at, at, at everything um, because you need to figure out what you're trying to run, right? So, so, so you're trying to figure out exactly how... Um, you know, every coach has a style, and so when you're trying to figure out what you, you, you know, when you're trying to figure out what you're going to run, right? Your team needs to be able to run it, or your team's worthless to you. And Brett Brown has been trying to make Ben Simmons more of a, a of a of a jump shooter and all this kind of thing. Which, by the way, the guy does need to develop a jump shot, but that's irrelevant for my point. But my point is that when you have a team that's not constructed to the way that you coach the game. Does that make you a bad coach or does that make a bad team construction? I think it's a combination of two things, right? Where one, you know, your team construction sucks and two, you know, you can't adjust. But at the end of the day, right, you know, at the end of the day, you, your adjustments, I mean, you develop a style and you stick with it. So you're not going to like change your style like 10 years into your career. Um, So... I agree with you. I think they need to clean house. I think they need to bring in a new coach who's got a half-decent uh, understanding of what he's doing. And I think that uh, from there, you need to just kind of go ahead and figure it all out. Uh, decide from a front office on a style. Bring in a coach that fits that style. Uh, not just someone because they're a flashy name, a.k.a. Teron Lou. And I'm not saying Teron Lou's not the right guy for the job. I'm just saying that you need to make sure that he's going to fit the style that you want to play. Um, and then you sit down and you start to figure out what you're going to do. You know, you start to figure out what you're going to, um, what do with this team. I mean, I think you blow up the whole team. Maybe you keep him beat, but outside of that, I think you blow up the whole team. Um, so that was my rant on the, on the 76ers. Cole, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely tough. We can definitely go into a full-blown 76ers breakdown in a whole hour-long episode. I mean, it, it, it's just a nightmare out there. Um, to me, you got to win at least one, you know, and they didn't, mm -hmm. and so you got to fire the coach. When you come in with the expectations that they had, you have the whole season to figure it out, and, and you come up with nothing. That's brutal. I, I don't really lay it all at the feet of Brett Brown. 
at the same time he is the head coach and you've got to look like you're a real basketball team out there they just got worked off the floor four consecutive games that's not going to cut it you got to get a new a new voice in there to me but um you know we move on here basically to the end it's uh toronto sweeping the nets just a really ugly series of games, you know, just awful from the Nets, but um, you really can't blame them at all. They just had absolutely nobody out there. No way. I mean, just that they were going to be able to compete in this series, and, and so Toronto rolled them over. I don't know if there's anything of note that jumped out to you. I, I didn't really have anything besides um, I really just didn't want to watch this series at all. <laughs> no, I, 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 I agree. Um, of all the first-round series for both the, for, uh, from both the East and the West, this is the one I watched the least. So I don't really have anything. Um, I think the rumor that they're going to go after Greg Popovich to coach this team is not only kind of a bullshit rumor but also a bad idea. Um, so, you know, we'll see, but, uh, I, 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 I don't think it's a good idea that we can do, um, a podcast episode on that later, but that's all I have. All right. So we've come here to the end of all of the first round series. We'll be back with another episode later this week. Um, probably as kind of a memorial to the 2020 Orlando magic season, probably going to be cut a little short here um unfortunately but you know i i think there are a lot of um bright spots and a lot of really great nba basketball i hope that we'll be tuning in here a little bit more often you know i'll have the opportunity to watch a little bit more luka Doncic, you know a little bit more lebron some more james harden you know, I'm pretty excited. I wish these fucking guys would be in the East, you know? I mean, Christ, every single game is on at the freaking 9 or 10 o'clock. It's, like, hard to watch these guys. But, um, you know, hopefully we'll be back pretty soon with another episode. Uh, that's all for me. To the listeners out there, send us an email, at a review, or whatever you feel like at uh, whiteboardbasketballpod at gmail.com. And you can go ahead and sign us off. All right, everybody, you have a great week. We will uh, we'll be talking to you soon. And remember to get in those emails. And also, by the way, if you feel so inclined, we would really like to have a rating on uh, the, the Apple Podcast app. We're not necessarily requesting a good rating, but just a rating. Um, so that would be much appreciated, too. So, All right, well, everybody, have a great week. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.